Amber Brown, podcaster in the accounting, finance, and fintech space. Our flagship show, Accounting Influencers, is now one of the world's leading podcasts in this genre and has a number of spin off shows over the years. This particular show is now focusing on talent, which, let's face it, is one of the biggest challenges for the accounting world at the moment. And the format stays the same. I interview the experts, the influencers, and the leaders in many different aspects of culture, talent employer brand succession, talent attraction, retention, soft skills, accounting credentials, qualifications, leadership, mental well-being, the brand of the profession, employee value propositions, employee engagement, increasing capacity and headcount in accounting firms, career development, and the usual HR, learning development, DEI, the great resignation, a ton of other talent-related issues in accounting. And whether you're hiring or being hired, happy where you are or considering a move, leading or following, employed or self-employed, totally skilled up and super employable or needing to refresh your skills, sharpen your personal brand. This is the perfect podcast for you accounting, finance and tech professionals to stay competitive, relevant and informed about all things talent in accounting. So let's get moving with today's show. Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Welcome to our Influencers in Accounting podcast. Rob Brown here, where we interview leading people throughout the world of accounting and fintech to talk about the things that really matter to accounting practitioners and the fintech people that serve them. I'm thrilled to have with me today a special guest all the way from the other side of the world. It's Brian Williams of Hockey Stick Advisory. Hi, Brian. Hey, Rob. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. For people that haven't come across you, tell us briefly what your world is all about. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rob, I'm based down here in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, it's currently 8 p.m. For, for myself as the kids are in bed. So uh, we've found a window together where we have a chance to have a chat. Joys of international recording, eh? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so so Hockey Stick Advisory, uh, Rob, uh, I've set it up uh, just a few months ago i'm new into the world of being i've moved from employee to uh, entrepreneur uh with with the aim to to help upcoming aspiring um scale up businesses be able to empower them through amplifying their partnership ecosystem muscle and and what that means is you know traditionally in the past uh, most organizations run their operations and grow through either digital efforts product-led growth or sales and what I've seen um, through my experience, my previous role, which we'll get to, and what the opportunities I've seen in the market is that there's an opportunity to amplify growth and, and reach ambitions faster through growing through partnerships. And that's what I'm all about. Let's talk about your previous role now, because our listeners always wonder what gives a guest the credibility to speak about what they speak about and how come you know about our world and what gives you the right? So tell us where you've come from, Brian. Uh, for the previous five years, I led Zero's ecosystem across Australia and New Zealand. And so... Uh, down here, we had over a thousand different app partners, and, and I led a team uh, growing more connections to the platform, whether that's in financial services, um, small business apps, or accounting and bookkeeping apps to connect to the Zero platform, and and whether that's to benefit firms themselves, their clients, uh, to be around more streamlined firms, you know, be able to unlock uh, the the you know the dark web of advisory in various capacities, or what you call it, or what it is, or is it? Um, there's, there's lots of opportunities and benefits we see at the back of it, and it was through that role, and then conversations which I saw ongoing increasingly in market of others wanting to sort of reap the benefits of what partnerships can bring to the table, which gave me the confidence to sort of step out and, and set up my own uh, my own business. And, and here I am. 
I love your phrase, the dark web of advisory. That's a, a lovely way of putting it because accountants do see it as a, a mystery in some respects. They're, they're backward looking from their heritage. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. But listen, let's start right at the beginning. We're going to focus this episode on partnerships. It runs in your blood. It's something you've done a lot and you're embarking on a new career bringing communities and partnerships together. In the Brian Williams Dictionary of Life and Business, what actually is a partnership, Brian? Because I imagine if I asked 100 people, I'd get 100 different answers. Well, traditionally in the past, you've always had sales, then you've had marketing functions, operations functions, and then partnerships has been something off to the side. It could be something like an exec who's got a great idea, go chat to these people, see if we can work together. It could be someone working in isolation or a small team or a partnerships business unit where you're like, go and see who else we can work with or see who else we can get leads from to go around it. And and predominantly in the past, it's been, it's, it's nearly like an arts function of like, go have a try and, and see what you can unlock. But uh, through the increased uh, capabilities of some technology, which is coming through, uh, the advancement of the, the business unit, which is evolving, um, partnerships is much more than that. And so, you know, one-to-one -one, uh, partnerships is, another organization or another group that you can work with together to unlock benefits together. So is that customers that they have, which you want to go after customers that you have, that they want to go after, maybe it's some functionality or capabilities that you don't offer or plan to offer. And, and you might be able to partner with someone to do that. Whether if you're an accounting or bookkeeping firm and you don't do wills, for example, or you don't go uh, really deep in the self-managed super funds or, or various functionalities or maybe government grants and the list really goes on. You've got the opportunity to partner with other organizations to provide that services and offer more to your to your clients. And of course, in a professional firm, partner means something very different to what you're alluding to. And most of our listeners are accounting professionals. They would see a partnership as a, a career position, but uh, there's a distinction, isn't there, between that and what you're talking about here? So partnerships are products or services which you don't offer yourself directly which you're able to work with another organization um, where you can refer clients to or they can refer to you in, in a, sometimes an informal or official partnership or, or an agreement which you have together to be able to serve more of your customers' needs for what it is. That's really good. That's important. So I guess an accounting firm would then be asking, how do I decide between offering my products and service directly or partnering with something? Depends on the objectives of the firm, the services, what you offer. So to start off with, you know, do, do you have resources or capabilities to deliver that and deliver it well, which is really important? You know, do you want to go down that path? Do you have headcount or, or the skills to be able to offer this to go with it? Or do you want to stick with your core business function and what you offer and 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 stay strong with that and, and do an amazing job at looking after your clients in this aspect and then being able to pass over um, clients to help them um, with other trusted experts that you work closely with and you've got a good, strong working relationship with to be able to deliver those services. And if an accounting firm is looking at the many different products and services that they could offer, we're seeing the emergence of ESG and DEI and and reporting and a whole research and development, a whole raft of additional services that a, a professional firm could offer. You're right, they might not have the professional expertise or experience to deliver that in-house. So they'd look at a partnership option to offer that to their clients, right? Yeah, that's right. And so there's two lens to it. It's for the services which you offer yourselves and can you deliver a more rounded 360 degree view to, to offer more? And, you know, do you want to go down that route and what does that look like? And also to offer more to your clients. I know when I was wearing my zero hat, some of the stats were that a small business client might have 50 to 70 tasks that they do 
ongoing, which, you know, beyond outside of their core delivery. And so if you're delivering accounting and bookkeeping services, if you can be of a trusted advisor or of a trusted firm or uh, to be able to connect them with others who can also help them win to try and reduce some of those tasks or to get some really great help, it's going to add a lot of value, a lot of trust. And, uh, you know, strengthen that relationship beyond of what you do today. And your world has been in software and technology, and you work a lot with SaaS companies now and CEO software as a service. So partnerships is slightly different there. It's very much more part of their vocabulary, isn't it, Brian? That's the way they work. On a technology front, they've got the opportunity to partner with other software providers so they don't have to build out everything themselves. If you think of more incumbent software or ones which have been around for a few decades, they've often had the view to try and build out a full suite of products altogether. And for anyone listening, uh, I'm sure you've got your phone within 10 feet of you uh, currently. And, and it's probably, you've probably got more than phone and text message functionalities that you use uh, daily, right? And through the power of the connected apps, which you plug in to have bespoke uh, apps and, and services and solutions to be able to power your day or, or your business alike. How have partnerships evolved over the last few years? We're in challenging, changing times, aren't we? Yeah, we increasingly are. And I suppose the technology which has come through with partnerships and to be able to unlock it, uh, the mindset of how we're, we're better together. You know, if you picture a, a cafe, they're going to they're going to have some sort of software to sell uh, coffees. They're going to have software to be able to um, do time and attendance for their employees. And they're going to have accounting software and that's probably going to roll up into some reporting software to go through it. And so in, t- in times gone by, that would have been pen and paper or Excel um, in isolation. But now through the digitization of many things, um, partnerships has evolved to being very much incorporated um, in everyone's lives already increasingly. And, and in a technology world, and, and it's also true in for firms, is that for a software provider, like the point of sale one I, I mentioned, if they're trying to go after more, more cafes maybe, or in retail, more shops, then all those other providers who also provide uh, those, those resources and uh, that software, they're also trying to talk to the same people. And they're also trying to solve various components together. And so partnerships has evolved from being like a one-to-one to a one-to-many, which then becomes the ecosystem around it and and like the example I gave on your smartphone that we all have. Back in the day, I taught business development to accounting firms and spoke a lot about referrals and gave the example of the wedding mafia, where if you put a a video person, a camera person, a flower person, a cake maker, a dressmaker, an events organizer and a hotel person all in the same room, they would do business, wouldn't they? Because there's a bride and the groom at the center of their world and they all, and there's also a professional services mafia. You put a banker, accountant, a lawyer and a financial advisor in a room, they're going to do business. And you're talking about that kind of referral introducer, let's help each other set up serving the same audience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, you know, strategy folk like to call it the jobs to be done, whether you're looking at it for an accounting firm or for a small business. And what's all the various when you sort of map it out, like who's the spheres of influence you have um, for surrounding you, for you to operate, and also for your clients that you want to go after. And so if you're running an accounting firm or bookkeeping firm, and you're thinking about your clients, and if you thought of put them into buckets of, say, or professional service clients or trade and construction clients, retail clients, e-commerce clients, they're going to have a bunch of needs to be able to service those. And how can you engage with others who are also talking to those same, um, you know, those, those same clients as well? Or how can you help each other win around to go about it? And then there's, there's a rising tide effect where everyone benefits and, and you're able to offer more. And in the technology world, Brian, you've occupied positions that say strategic partnership director and community 
head of global community and things like that. We don't necessarily get that in accounting firms. We may do, but what are the benefits of partnering that would lead to someone like that being appointed to deal with it specifically in a company? Yeah, there's plenty of moving parts. Um, you know, interestingly, earlier in the year, Rob, for Fang, the big five sort of tech companies, uh, Facebook, Amazon, uh, Google, et cetera, they've all appointed chief ecosystem officers just this year. And it, there's a changing of the guard where, the interconnectivity of partnerships and ecosystems is really streams right across um, all, most organizations. Because if you think about it, you've got the opportunity to partner with like your comms team. So if they want to push out a messaging, what other partners can you help share that messaging? If you want to push out a marketing message on billboards or radio or anything, how do you, you want to share it with other partners? You know, your leaders are going to want to connect with other organizations and other leaders and so there's partnerships there. In terms of your functionality of your software you're using it's actually the real power of it is unlocked when you're using apis and connected information so you can have information flow back and forth um and then there's go-to-market initiatives whether it's you know it's webinars events or conferences that we're all being a part of around it and so like i sort of said at the start of the call the, the position and, and roles of strategic directors or partnerships and growth is extremely cross-functional across the business and Similar in the same way, an operations role will be sort of multifaceted across the, across the business, but the amount of internal and external stakeholders is quite fast and complex. I love your description of the, the CEO role as the chief ecosystem officer. I described it as partnerships. Uh, talk to us about what a partnership ecosystem looks like. So the example before I gave around the, the hospitality example to go with it. When you're looking at partnerships, you often typically uh, define it by one-to-one. -one. So it's like I'm working with said partner, an accounting firm is going to work with another company who's going to do you know, potentially wills or do government grants or self-managed super funds around to go with it. When you're actually evolve until like, it's like the analogy of planting seedling into a, a tree, into a forest kind of analogy is that over time it's sort of you, you feed it and it grow and you invest in it to go with it. But as, as that grows and develops, then all of us, you'll get to a stage where it's actually quite hard to have a one-to-one -one relationship with all of your partnerships as they evolve right across the business. So potentially those who are doing government grants are also talking to the people who do self-managed super funds. Those who are doing um, other services or maybe bookkeeping services, if you're partnering with an, as an accounting firm, they're also talking maybe to government agencies or other components or banks that are coordinated to do it. So just like a marine ecosystem, which is the uh, the, the easiest default and what people uh, typically think when in the past, when I've met, worked in the ecosystem tech world, uh, there is a flourish of activity of multi-connected uh, components that, that goes together and sort of bringing this to life. And it's the involvement of stakeholder management, isn't it? All the people that have a vested interest in you and what you do, that's partnerships now. Uh, you're building partnerships and communities. This is your role now. Let's right some wrongs, Brian. What do you see that people get wrong with partnering? Yeah, so at the start of the call, we mentioned um, often the ambitions of this art versus science approach of partnerships. We're like, go go chat to everyone we should do and see if, uh, see what we can, we can come up with around to go about it. And so with good intentions, uh, commonly I saw time and time again uh, in my prior zero role is that companies would reach out to us and, and choose zero as their accounting partner or reach out to other partners and say, hey, I want to, I've chosen to work with you with the, with the sole intention that they just want to try and extract customers or revenue or some opportunity to their benefit to start off with. And they would lead with that. Um, that was what they would try to drive. They might have a chief sales officer or a head of revenue who sort of said, hey, our targets are stretched or we need to grow. Can you try and go find some customers and some other components? Uh, or other partners, and I would lead with that approach. But the, the approach is uh, doesn't usually uh, draw much actual return because they're, they're reaching out to someone with no relationship, but don't have any trust, 
they haven't really established any reason for the benefit of the partnership and yet they're asking for a lot in return to kick off with and so and so those approaches don't typically tend to get far around it compared to a best practice methodology where you know from what in my insights and what i've seen and what definitely what i'm advocating now for is is an approach of uh, looking to establish who the partners are that you want to go after you know, give some examples or help them win, maybe refer them some clients to give to start off with or refer them the approach of what you want to do to go about it. If you do have some shared customers that already provide us some case studies of like, hey, look how, look how amazing we can, we can work together as well. I'm invested in working this partnership. Let's go about it. Because everyone that you want to talk to in, in partnerships and to be able to grow, they've equally got a, a lot of work to do and they've got limited resources and, and time that they can allocate towards someone. And so if you're able to lead with and bring something to the table to start off with, have a have a willingness to invest in helping them win, then in return over time, you're much more likely to get a return. That makes sense. And trust a big part of it. If I introduce you to somebody I know and you bomb, then you take me down with you, don't you? And there's a lot of reputations at stake. That's right. Yeah. Because you're in that example, you're extending your trust and the trust and the goodwill that you have. And if you pass it on to someone else, and they exploit that, that's in no one's interest. The trust is broken. So have you got any examples of how great partnerships work that an accounting practice would relate to, Brian? My accountant I work with, um, you know, recently, you know, there's a, there's a few government grants down here to sort of kick forward in a post-COVID world. They introduced me to someone to get some uh, export grants uh, who are phenomenal to deal with. They spoke highly about them. They followed up in due diligence, um, went through the process around it. My accountant followed up again. And I was able to go through a process and, and go through some applications and streamline that to be, so be able to get grants to go with it. Um, you know, the accountants have the opportunity to also partner with technology vendors or various components to go about it around how do they offer more or, or do more around it. Um, we mentioned advisory earlier. There's a suite of software where, um, you know, accountants are able to partner with those components. They've all got willing and able teams behind the scenes to try and really set up their success because they share in the success to go about it. And so whether it's technology solutions to partner with accounting firms, if it's an extension of services of what they don't offer um, to go with it, there's opportunities. I've seen that done really well. And then those sort of conversations, especially throughout my zero chapter, um, no surprises, Rob, you know, the, the ones who were, went all in on this cloud technology who were using all the tools, are able to have more conversations with their clients. They start winning awards all of a sudden. They start growing. Um, you see them building teams. You see them um, setting up new offices or, or divisions um, around the country or, or internationally and, and see it sort of go forward. And so it was very, definitely very pleasing over the years to, to see it come to life of what we'd advocate for around it. And and now I'm, 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 I've got the case of I'm implementing all the cool, interesting tech myself and I'm, a, I'm able to sort of streamline a bunch of processes, which, are, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, and you even got it to the point, I believe it's zero, where you had gold and silver partners and gradations of different, uh, I guess, gestures of commitment that your partners made towards you. As it usually goes, as as you build out the number of partners for what you have, you would usually have a tiering system which comes into play around it. And the idea is to be able to have a, um, a model at the top and anyone who's building out partnerships, you're going to have a few prominent partners who you want to spend most of your time and efforts with because they probably give the most in return. You want to have a self-service model at the bottom where they'll be able to get people up and running and around it. And then you want to have some aspirational milestones, effectively what they are, Rob, of you're a bronze member, you want to get to silver, you want to get to gold, to platinum for what it is. And in technology, this is really common. You know, the likes of Atlassian, Shopify, Salesforce, HubSpot's absolutely nailed it in the uh, with their agency model around it, around how to have 
clear tiers and communications around how to partner and do more with these organizations. And um, for anyone who's looking to build out partnerships their side, you've really got to prioritize which ones where you're going to spend your your limited time and resources you have because there's there'll be opportunity costs against others um, which you choose maybe not to or not as much value or maybe not such a good fit we know the concept of having to kiss a lot of frogs to win a few princes i use the phrase in my business development classes that you're looking for the chickens that will lay the most eggs and in any ecosystem or any network you can waste a lot of time chasing after the wrong people investing in the wrong relationships so what are some rules for prioritizing which partners to work with yeah so on a firm level if you're in accounting like you've got to think about what's closest to the core of your offering, which is alongside you. So what's the most complementary partners or products or services which you don't do today, which your clients are already asking for or they need? And so start there. And so from there, if, if, if you be able to sort of draw out a diagram, if you're at the heart of it for your organization, what are those services which you don't do and you don't plan to do? And, and don't sort of, you know, do a little bit around the edges, like do go build deep and or deliver it deeply and partner and, and work out, identify who those partners are and then start to build those relationships alongside it to go with it. As, as you start to get them cemented, then it's a case of like extending that and potentially offering more or knowing who does offer those, those ones more to sort of go with it. Because as you, if you're able to build and deliver those alongside you and do a great job of it and treat your partners like the same way you treat your clients and you want to treat your clients, then you'll quickly find that they'll start to refer stuff back to you and will start to come around full circle. And so, you know, from what I've previously seen, word of mouth and delivering great service and all that goodness is still true in many aspects. But what if you delivered to your partners in the same way that you treated your clients and they also had word of mouth and their teams are also in incentivized and wanting to send business your way as well um, to complement their services, everyone really wins. You give more, you get more, don't you? I'm thinking of the quote by Harvey McKay, Brian, who wrote Swim of the Sharks. And he said, dig your well, before you're thirsty. Accountants will get lots of messages or hints, nudges from their clients to say, I need this or I need help with this. And the accountant, if they're in a position where they don't know anybody, they're starting from scratch. But if they've invested in relationships and dug that well before they're thirsty, accountants are known for being good signposters and door openers to great suppliers, advisors, providers. And that speaks to building a strategic partnership network, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. I love the analogy to kick off with. But yeah, you're right. And you're thinking spot on, Rob. But equally as well, you need to foster and water those relationships of who you're recommending and pushing stuff to. If you've got a great relationship with your client and you recommend them to someone who doesn't deliver or follow up or doesn't provide that service around to go, you're actually hurting yourself to go with it. And so as your business is going to grow and maybe your services will change or adjust or how you deliver it, you need to keep up to date with those key partners and suppliers who are also delivering components as well. So you can make sure... Um, that you've got the relevant information to help your clients win. Are there any pitfalls? You've mentioned the mistake people make about asking too early and asking too big and not giving before they get, but any other pitfalls that you've seen people should avoid in approaching partnering? Yeah, I think um, short-term thinking into thinking that you're going to build a bunch of partners and it's going to reap rewards uh, initially. It, you have to acknowledge that it's it's a business unit and something that you invest with over time. And, and the longer you invest in it and the more you build it and enhance it, that you'll get an increased return to go with it. And so it should be a strategic asset and, and moat of your business, which you you build over time. Um, once you've got it established and, and you're growing it, it's a it's a strategic asset and it, and it, and it is a moat because um, you know competitors or others around it can't turn it on overnight. It's something you, you do build over time. And so making sure that you know that it's 
it's an important part of your business for sustainability uh, and, and, you know, for the long term. Um, it's something that you want to offer more and you've made a decision. The reality was if you offered all these extra services, you wouldn't have partnered to go down this route anyway um, to go with it. And so to sort of the state of cause and make sure that every internal stakeholder um, within your business and, and your team, they all know who the partners are, what they offer, and make sure it is a symbiotic uh, relationship that goes both ways. I love that word symbiotic because for me, partnerships is an education piece that goes two ways. First, you've got to educate your strategic partners on what you do and what you need and what you need help with and where are your gaps and everything else. But you've also got to educate yourself on what they need and their gaps and their commercial targets and everything else. So you can help them and refer the right people to them. So what are your tips for becoming a partner of choice? We've talked about how accountants can reach out and build a supplier advisor providing network for their own clients and their own means so that they've got partners they go to. But if that accountant wants referrals and introductions to client bases of their partners, how do they become a partner of choice, Brian? So you want to be the easiest partner to work with. You want to be like, you know, liked, you want to be memorable. You want to over deliver. You want to clearly communicate. You want to uphold your brand and image that you want to do with them to go with it. You want to be front of mind, don't you? When they think of a need that you can provide, you want them to think of you first. Yeah, and ongoing. It's not a case of doing a bunch of work today and set and forget and come back in 12 months. So how can you have that regular engagement with your key partners um, that you are top of mind? Because the way I see it and the way I used to position it was your partners are an extension of your sales team and unit to go with it. We, we spoke about word of mouth before, but if you had a bunch of key partners and their whole entire teams and organizations all know about what you do and that you've got a strong reputation and you're over deliver, then they're all going to be talking to similar clients or with similar needs as well. And so that's going to bring the groundswell of inbound benefits for you ahead as well. And so to my point earlier, you need to invest in these partnerships ongoing to water them, to not be just top of mind today. Uh, but ongoing. This is really important stuff and you're explaining it really well. Hopefully accountants are getting a sense that they need to be more intentional with their partnerships and building a more strategic network. I want to ask you to finish in a moment, Brian, about the future of partnerships and what's coming up in this world. But just right now, are there any templates or examples or practical tips that you'd be keen to share with our audience to help them get better at this? Yeah, so there's probably there's probably two things to think about as takeaways from from this uh, from this call. To start off with, I mentioned about the jobs to be done. Um, that's you know that can be used for your firm, but it can also be used for your clients. And so if you break down your clients into um, you know what you know what industry they're in, what's their needs, what's keeping them busy day to day around it, and you'll start to identify partners who are in common and you're also you, if you're you know providing accounting solutions and, and solving that need for them as well who's around the edges that you can potentially talk to so that'll be a really good way to prioritize around who you sort of, sort of talk to on your on your base another way to look at it is looking at the spheres of influence that's a nice american term where um you're looking at for your component like <clears throat> if you're an accounting firm well who else are you engage with around your business um, that's also going to be able to influence your end clients to go with it and so just by doing a simple um, a mapping exercise, wherever a whiteboard or with your team to get the stakeholders around it, you're going to start to have a really clear view of everyone who's, who influences your clients or can influence your firm as well today. And from there, you'll have a really clear idea around who you should really prioritize as a partner and start building those relationships out. That's great. We're going to put your contact details in your bio in the show notes, Brian, so people can reach out to you. But very quickly, what would have to be happening in an organization for them to say, wow, we need Brian Williams and Hockey Stick Advisor in here right now? Great question. I, I suppose those who are looking to either build and establish partnerships or make it a strategic asset, like we sort of spoke about, 
Um, also, those organisations who've got partnerships team, but maybe they're not as impactful as what they'd like or um, the benefits or how to, what's their value proposition for themselves, um, for their partners, and also for their clients to go with it. And how can we actually enable that as a, as a top-line growth driver? You know, we're in these economic times, which is a little bit uh, uncertain. There's, you know, the big recession words coming through from the US and, and trickling out around globally to go with it. And so whilst you see a lot of VC-backed companies making... Um, a lot of cuts, which is focusing on the media, there's still top line growth to go after and, and companies no longer have to go it alone. They don't have to just rely on their own sales. They've got the opportunity to partner up to be able to go faster. And that's what I'm looking to help companies do. This is great. Just leave us with some uh, words of uh, future focused partnership. Uh, let me ask that question again and I'll get my editor, Paul, to just totally revoke that one. So in closing, Brian, what's coming up in the crystal ball of partnering? It's only going to amplify and the impact of partnerships is, is going to massively accelerate as the continued digitization increases. So in a recent survey with Tesla audience, 79% of buyers would not buy a vehicle if it didn't have Apple CarPlay. Wow. So picture that. Picture, picture any car you like or love or have now, if it didn't have Apple CarPlay, 79% wouldn't buy it at all. And so it's the actual partnership with Apple and the impact of that, which is actually influencing down. And so if that's happening in car and manufacturing, in grocery, in retail, in everything we consume today, if you think about the hundreds of apps you've got already uh, using, you can't hide anymore. Digitization's here and uh, partnership is going to be accelerated as a part of it. And that's why I'm all in on this space. That is astonishing. Well, I can't wait to get you back for a second episode where you're going to talk about community as well. But Brian Williams, talking about partnership, you are leading the charge. Thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. That's been amazing. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate your time. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Thank you for listening to this new Talent in Accounting podcast. This is a relatively new show, but already has over a thousand listeners. So we appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with your connections. If you have a potentially good guest you'd like to see on the show with some great insights on talent, reach out to me on LinkedIn with a message and we'll follow them up. And as we build this show up, we're looking for a couple of sponsors for whom talent and the accounting finance space is important loads of great opportunities to get your brand out there and show your key messages and even get some of your own guests on the show again drop me a message on linkedin to tee up that conversation and for great podcast content elsewhere make sure you subscribe to our main show accounting influencers goes out every monday i join the forty thousand listeners in 150 countries for brilliant interviews with the top leaders experts and influencers in the accounting and fintech world finally why don't you join us and our community with some conversations at our next virtual speed networking session. These are now taking place every two months for accounting, finance, and tech professionals. 75 minutes of speed dating, great discussions, raising your personal profile, making new connections. Go to accountinginfluencers.com to register your free place for our next event. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.